In the past few years, esports has become a fast-growing industry with millions of dollars of investments given to esports companies from the likes of Shaquille O'Neal, Drake, and Dan Gilbert. As the demand for esports grows, many video games will be labeled as esports titles. But what really makes a video game a good esport? Well, there are many factors, including game balance, metas, a good community, and good production quality. Welcome to episode 3 of the No Camping Podcast. I'm your host, David. And I'm your host, Sean. And today we will be talking about what makes a video game a good esport. One of the most important factors that make a game a good esport is the game's balance. A game's balance can be defined by mechanics and other things in the game that basically tell whether or not the gameplay is fair for both teams in the match. Right, and I think that's a really good point because for an esport to be competitive and really what it's about is if the game is competitively viable, each team has to have the same chance at winning and the winner ultimately is going to be based off performance and how well they play the game. Just like other sports where, like, let's just say basketball, you have to have skills, you have to have talent, sometimes maybe height, strength, whatever. In video games, you have to be able to have, let's just say, good mechanics or good game sense and know what to do and make split-second decisions that ultimately will have you win. Yeah, and a game should be completely based off of that. There should not be the addition of additional mechanics that are out of a player's control or out of a team's control that basically make it so that uh, it makes it more difficult for one team to win or it can like hamper the ability to play of one team or something like that. Right, and that introduces like the whole concept of RNG or what is called a random number generator where basically things happen in the game by chance and one thing that makes esports not so great is when there's a lot of rng in the game where you're ultimately what happens in the game is not up to you and it's up to other factors by chance that could have you win lose or perform poorly yeah, and one of the, one of the biggest examples of rng in a competitive game uh is actually fortnite where fortnite a lot of the stuff that happens in Fortnite is completely RNG-based. For example, the loot that you pull out of chests, that is completely RNG-based. And also, even the shooting mechanics in the game, there's a lot of RNG that goes into that. So, that's a, that's one of the things that makes it more difficult uh, for, this, for a game like Fortnite to be considered a very balanced esports title. Right, and even things in like the very game design where... Other player decisions can also be considered RNG where, you know, if you're dropping at a certain drop spot and more people drop there with you, you're going to have to fight more people and that'll lower your chances of winning the game. Or even, you know, the storm circle that appears is random on the map. So you might have to make some sort of, you know, a decision or a rotate that is going to be more favorable for another team than you just based off of chance. Yeah. Another thing that determines the competitive viability of a game is in the metas or what it stands for as most effective tactic available which is let's just say there's it's a character based game and there's a bunch of characters you can pick from to choose to play the game in different strategies and let's just say the game developers decide that you know one character is really good and that becomes the meta where that character has to be used all the time or else another team who is using it when you're not is going to win because of that character so the metas are very important where there has to be some sort of balanced meta where in a lot of games there are multiple ways to win instead of just relying on one thing that might be considered overpowered yeah and this was definitely prevalent in uh the early valorant esports with uh the use of sage 
uh, and actually uh, previously not uh, long ago with the new the newfound uh, use of the jet operator combo which was uh, hugely meta and actually won TSM many of the tournaments that they won right and I think that reflects a lot on developer of the developers of these various esports titles where these developers have to be ready to make changes when they need to and for example just like how Jet was very, very strong in Valorant with the Operator. In, this, in the recent update by Valorant, um, actually released yesterday, I believe September 29th, it, the Operator as well as Jet were both nerfed, meaning that they were balanced to be a little bit weaker, kind of strengthening the competitive viability of the game where other characters have to be played and there has to be more variety in the game and more interesting strategies and other ways to win. Yeah, and we also saw, especially earlier uh, in the game's life lifespan, uh, we had the entire Sage meta of the beginning, and after that we saw a huge Sage nerf come through, and basically Sage uh, is largely obsolete in many areas, uh, although she is still useful in some scenarios, but, you know, largely that meta has been changed to be a little bit more balanced and you see a lot more play from uh, a lot of the other operators in the game that uh, weren't played very much before another thing about metas one of the uh, biggest problems with some esports is that there is a utility dump meta uh, and things like that so in many uh, character-based games we have things uh, we have a lot of utility being used in games like counter-strike um, rainbow six siege and Valorant, we have a lot of utility uh, being used, and usually in games like Counter-Strike, the utility usage is very balanced out, so there's not like too much utility, or there's not too little utility, but in certain games, you do get metas where basically what players do is they are forced to just either spam utility or just not use utility at all. One great example of this is Rainbow Six Siege, where there's currently a 30-second meta uh, dubbed by the pros, where basically there's so much utility in the game that there's nothing that there's basically nothing influential that happens on the round until there's 30 seconds left in the round and things like that can be problematic because then you have uh, very attacker sided maps or defender sided maps where basically the time runs out for one side before they can even do anything of any value and uh and aside from just the game itself and how balanced it is it also makes it kind of not as fun to watch which is also a very important thing in esports because um, at the end of the day esports is entertainment just like regular sports and how um, a lot of esports are going to make their money is going to be ad revenue from you know different streams or lands or selling tickets to events that have esports and um, gameplay is definitely Gameplay being interesting is definitely a really important part. And I think one thing that helps a lot of esports that are shooter games excel and be really successful is that the shooter game is very easily digestible. It's just you shoot that person and if they die, that's a good thing, right? So that's really easy to understand as opposed to other games like MOBAs, like League of Legends or Dota, where those games are more followed by just the player base and the people who who play and enjoy the game already instead of just people who don't know what's going on because it, it's a very complicated yeah, and game. And that kind of leads into another point where production quality is extremely important for a lot of esports, especially uh, the newer ones and the up-and-coming ones, where 
basically the entirety of esports is a production quality because the gameplay itself is very different from any sort of other sport uh, where a lot of the actual production quality comes from uh, having good production quality in and of itself. Yeah, and I think you can compare it to something like the NFL where, you know, the NFL has, like, really good production where there's always a blue line at where the play is and a yellow line at the first down marker, and they always cut to, like, different camera angles, slow-mos, and they have really good game casters as well as um as well as analysts that they cut to every once in a while to talk about the game and i think the same can be said for esports where um a really good example where i think there's really good production is rainbow six siege where they have very good well their casters are very good and they always cut to analysts to analyze the game um as it's happening in between rounds where people who not people who don't necessarily know the ins and outs of the entire game are able to understand because the casters will break it down for you and yeah and also there's a lot of other things that go into that like uh, rainbow six siege especially has a very good spectator mode where uh, a lot of information is being fed to you but that all of that information is easily digestible and uh, it's really easy to understand if in the beginning if you look at it it might seem like a lot of information but as you start to look at it a little bit more and a little bit closer you you can actually understand a lot more about it and you can learn a lot about the game and also know what's happening a lot of the time by just looking at all the information that the spectator mode is giving to you and i think we're gonna end up digging into fortnite a lot here but fortnite's production is not necessarily the best their replay mode is or their spectator mode that they use to spectate is very buggy and it'll freeze um, very frequently. And that is something that they need to improve on. But one thing they do have really good is the casters. For example, um, they have Golden Boy casting, Shadow Wager, Aussie Antics. They're all very good casters that know a lot about the player base and the entire community and, you know, no different storylines between characters and how yeah. the game works. But most importantly, the thing that's keeping Fortnite esports afloat is definitely their prize pools. They might have some of the biggest prize pools of any esport out there, regardless of uh, how how necessarily good their game is or how competitively viable it is. But the amount of money they've pumped into it, for example, three million dollars for one person at their biggest tournament at World Cup, um, gone to one person, Booga, and another three million split between a duo in a, the duos tournament at World Cup, um, continuing on into 2020. Fortnite has pumped millions of dollars into their esports pool, and a lot of pro players actually say that is what is keeping them playing the game. Yeah, and a lot of things that is, is very important is that uh, the money is what pulls in viewers, especially. When viewers see that, you know, there's a $3 million prize for the winner, uh, obviously that becomes, uh, that, that becomes a big deal, and it makes them want to watch and see who what goes down and see who ends up uh, walking away with that three million dollars yeah because i think a lot of viewers see how much money you earn in a game is a reflection of how good you are so many people who do well in games and do win those prize pools end up um having streams on twitch or youtube or wherever they stream that end up blowing up and that can also be a source of income from them one thing that makes an esport good is its competitive scene and the entire community surrounding the esport um just like the nfl nba mlb people have to act professional to be able to like to be able to legitimize their esport and for it to gain public respect
you know, although drama is fun to watch every once in a while, you know, it's not always the greatest thing to, uh, it's not always the greatest reflection on your, uh, on your franchise or your, your game or your esport when it comes down to it. Because if you have people arguing over everything all the time, you know, that could be reflective of how, uh, maybe, maybe the, the admins of this thing are not handling this well, or, uh, the people who, uh, contribute to the production of this game or the esport uh, are just not very nice and yeah so professionalism is also extremely important when it comes to things like this because you know just as a trait of the entire gaming community gaming can be very toxic especially in more competitive games and um, a good example of this is in league of legends where the community there can be very toxic and league of legends has actually um, made statements and put out statements saying that they cannot tolerate this and it's getting out of hand and finally last but not least of course uh, having uh, good formats to your actual your esport is very important like not just going in there with uh, random formats like ran really weird tournament brackets or things like that so uh, doing a lot of uh, opens can also improve your esport uh, by allowing more players to, you know, contribute and also uh, more players to have a chance at, you know, becoming the pro that they always wanted to be. You know, it seems really simple, but it really is that important. Um, for example, double elimination allows teams who maybe lose in the first few rounds of a tournament to be able to bounce back and eventually win by winning the rest of their games, um, as opposed to single elimination where if you have a flute game or something and you lose, you're just out. And um, scoring systems are also very important for different games where, for example, again, Fortnite, where um, there is a balance between getting kills and placements that affect games and how people play them. Anyways, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the No Camping Podcast. This has been Sean. And I'm David. Signing off today from Scott Center, wishing you all an amazing day. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our socials will be linked in the description below. And we hope you enjoy this episode, and we will see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace. The way he held down Bakery, he was like a, a strong, independent black woman. Wasn't nobody. Oh <laughs> like, he didn't need no one's help. He was going to hold it down all by himself, and he's actually been phenomenal.